Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, mom, exercise physiologist, and pre- and postnatal fitness expert. This show is all about helping you navigate your pregnancy and postpartum journey with more strength, energy, and ease. Each week, pull up a seat for a new topic that will empower you to feel strong, capable, and confident while supporting your body through all the changes of the motherhood journey. Just a reminder that the information on this show is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical condition. Please speak to your medical provider for all things related to your health care. I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health journey into motherhood. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey mama, how's it going? Welcome back to the Strong Mama podcast. I'm Nicole, your host and pre and postnatal fitness specialist. Today we're diving into a Q&A on postpartum recovery, postpartum exercise, and essentially encompassing the whole realm of supporting your body and supporting your healing in postpartum. We're going to get into questions around prolapse, around lower belly pooch. We'll get into exercise recommendations and what's safe in postpartum, when you should be starting to exercise, warning signs, all of that stuff. So definitely stick around if you are wanting to know more on that before we get into it. I wanted to let you know that my signature core recovery program, Core Revival, is launching next week. So if you're listening to this in real time, mark your calendar or make a mental note, but October 2nd through October 4th, the program is going to be on early bird special for 50% off for the wait list only. The program itself is aimed at supporting you, the mom, during postpartum, helping you heal your core, your pelvic floor, and gain freedom and confidence back in your movement so that you can feel more like you in your body and recover. I'm going to be, again, offering a half-off discount to my waitlist members for those three days, October 2nd through the 4th, so be sure to hop on that waitlist if you want access to that. And while you wait, I'm providing you with some goodies, some extra postpartum content that you can dive into and get excited for the program itself as I release more detail. So anyways, link is in the show notes to join that waitlist. And yeah, stay tuned on the podcast or over on Instagram for all the details. Okay, let's get into the Q&A. And these questions are directly from you, whether it's been from Instagram or emailed in or that I've just heard people ask in real life or questions I've even wondered myself. I'll be blatantly honest because before I got into the pre and postnatal fitness space, I had been in the fitness industry for a long time, but a lot of this stuff, I had no idea. So that's what we're getting into today, and I'm really excited. First question is, how can I avoid getting prolapse when I return to exercise? And for those of you who aren't familiar with the term prolapse, I know that I personally wasn't um, before my first baby, but prolapse refers to pelvic organ prolapse, or its acronym is P-O-P. It occurs when the tissue and muscles of the pelvic floor no longer support the pelvic organs, resulting in the drop or prolapse of the pelvic organs from their normal position. So these organs consist of the vagina, cervix, uterus, excuse me, bladder, urethra, and rectum. And the most common type of prolapse is bladder prolapse. And a symptom of this is heaviness in your pelvic floor region, 
bulging in that pelvic floor region, essentially it doesn't feel right. It feels like a bowling ball between your legs because your organs are essentially trying to come out of your body and your pelvic floor needs to support that. So I've got a couple tips for this and this is again preventative. It's not to say like once you already have prolapse that these things are going to be the end all be all, but in order to protect against pelvic organ prolapse and even pelvic floor dysfunction down the road, like leaking and incontinence, things like that, these are all relevant. So first tip I have is learning to manage intra-abdominal pressure and Intra-abdominal pressure sounds like this big fancy term, but essentially it happens as a result of your core and pelvic floor, your deep core canister unit not working together in the way that it should. So for instance, in pregnancy, we have this baby belly, right? And the uterus starts to creep up into the rib cage, which makes it harder to breathe in some cases and so then we start to develop this habit of breathing into our chest and our shoulders a little bit more and so our core canister system gets disrupted and core canister system is our diaphragm our deep core muscles our transverse abdominis and the pelvic floor so that is kind of our deep core unit and when we're not breathing in an optimal way or positioning our body in a an optimal way then we're increasing the pressure in there and that pressure can push down on the pelvic floor and that's obviously not helping us. So learning to breathe in a way that restores that deep core canister is ideal and that's something that I go over in the core revival program as well. The second thing I want to touch on here, the second tip that I have for you with preventing the risk of prolapse is taking it slow when you get back to exercise, building your foundation first. So making sure to get these habits of proper breathing, proper alignment, deep core and pelvic floor strength, restoring that very base foundation of your body and then building up from there. So after you get through some pelvic floor recovery and all of that good stuff, then moving on to basic strength training. I'm talking basic, basic, like maybe body weight, adding a little bit of weight and not just jumping back into full on exercise that you did before pregnancy, even if you feel like you can. I think that's the most important thing that I want to emphasize with postpartum exercise or even exercise in pregnancy. Just because you can do it because you are physically able doesn't always mean that you should. So in summary, really learning to manage the intra-abdominal pressure through breathing, through exercise, through your alignment, and then also building your foundation first and building back into exercise very slowly, very gradually, and looking out for those warning signs of pelvic floor heaviness or pain, anything that seems off to you, you want to pull back on that exercise, modify as you can. And if something ever concerns you, like there's something out of out of normal for you for this postpartum phase then you should definitely advocate for yourself tell your doctor or seek out a pelvic floor physical therapist for additional support we don't need to be embarrassed by any of these things we don't need to be thinking that it is common and normal and all of that if something seems out of place with your body you are the best judge of that okay moving on to the next question This one is, how can I get rid of my lower belly pooch? And I usually don't talk about stuff like this on the podcast because I want to take more of a functional approach to 
exercise and fitness in this phase of life and not so much focus on aesthetics or fitness for aesthetics essentially. But I wanted to address this because it does have a really functional component that I think is not well enough talked about. And that is that that lower belly region that often ends up being a little more distended or quote unquote pooched out is often related to diastasis recti, meaning your abdominal muscles have separated and the muscle tissue between them has thinned and weakened and that can result in that sort of pooching out effect in the lower abdominal region. And so how can you fix this, get rid of this, etc.? I just want to say like not all the time is is your belly going to go back to exactly the way that it was pre-pregnancy. But I will say that from a functional standpoint, from a realistic standpoint, what we can do within our control is work to increase our deep core strength. And by deep core, I'm referring to the deepest layer of our abdominals. So the TVA, transverse abdominis, is kind of like the corset of our abs, the corset of our midsection. So when those are strengthened, and once you restore function to these deep core muscles, then oftentimes most moms will also notice physical changes. So it's not like we need to be restricting extra calories or spot training or doing all the crunches. I highly recommend against all of those things. Of course, I want you to eat well. I want you to nourish your body. I want you to, you know, move and strengthen your body, but I don't want you to do it from a place of like self-loathing or, you know, hatred or anything like that. Like movement is for function. It is to help you live your life. And I think once we restore function to this area of our body, again, we will see some of those physical changes start to come back. Even if it's not right away, it's over time. I always say postpartum is forever. And what I love to to say with that is that core and pelvic floor work is forever. Like once you've had a baby, your body has changed significantly. And even well beyond that early phase, like the work continues. Like I'm 12 months postpartum with baby number two. I am still doing focused core and pelvic floor work. And I will probably for most of my life just to maintain the strength and function of these areas. So anyways, long-winded answer. That is that. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit more about diastasis recti. Next question is, how do I know if I have diastasis recti? And just for like ease of talking, I'm going to just call it DR from here on out because I will get my tongue twisted so many times. But how do you know if you have diastasis recti? So what I want to say here is that all women, mostly 100% of women, will have DR by the end of their pregnancy. And most still will within the first six weeks. We can kind of just assume that it's going to be there. And DR is formally known as a two-finger width or greater abdominal separation. So with this, you can find out if you have it by getting assessed whether it's by a pelvic floor physical therapist that you schedule an appointment with or 
you can learn to do this at home. And this is something that I teach all of my one-on-one clients who are postpartum. This is something that I teach in the core revival program. So you can do it on yourself at home and you can assess over time to see how that gap is improving. So the best answer I have here is to get assessed whether you learn to do it on your own or you see a pelvic floor physical therapist. And it's super important to know this in order to gear your exercise towards healing that because if we don't heal that DR, that can lead to long-term core issues, back pain, potentially pelvic floor problems. So definitely an area of our body that we want to heal and restore function to. And that doesn't necessarily mean we need to fully close the gap and bring it down to like a no abdominal separation. We really just want it to be functional again. So I know I'm like getting into the weeds here because the question really was just, how do I know if I have it? But I gave you a little bit more um, info on that. So there you go. All right, next question. When can I start to exercise postpartum? So most people and even like Google will tell you to wait till six weeks. Wait till your six week postpartum checkup or whenever you have your postpartum checkup, wait till you get doctor's clearance to get back to exercise. And the long time myth is that at six weeks, you know, your uterus has shrunk back down and you are good to go free and clear exercise away, all of that stuff. But I'm here to tell you that that six weeks is really nothing. It's, it doesn't mean much. All it means is your uterus has shrunk back down to to normal size, so to speak, maybe not fully, but it has come a long way. And for most of us, that six-week postpartum appointment, we haven't been checked yet for pelvic floor health or prolapse. We most likely weren't checked for diastasis recti. Now, I have had a couple of my one-on-one clients say that their provider did check for DR, which is super cool. I personally, in my experiences, have not had that happen unless I've requested it. So keep that in mind, mamas. You can request that of your provider as well if you want to, um, because most likely they won't be checking for those things, which I think is just crazy. (laughs) Um, Enough about the six-week appointment and all that goes into that. Here's what I recommend as a pre- and postnatal fitness specialist you can start very gentle movement at one week postpartum or when you're ready. That's the most important part, when you're ready. If it turns out that you're not ready until eight weeks, 10 weeks, longer, totally fine. But here's what I want you to know, that you can start very, very gentle recovery work at one week postpartum. You can even start like intentional breathing, like very simple stuff before that. But what this is going to look like is just very light stretching, very light walking around your house, um, some core and pelvic floor work, just very intentional, focused, simple recovery movements. And it's really just aimed at supporting your core, your pelvic floor, helping you ease tight, achy muscles, because as you may already know, holding your baby, feeding your baby, changing your baby, walking around with your baby, like this is a physically demanding period of life, even though that baby weighs like eight pounds, less give or take it's hard work and your body is still healing while doing this hard work. So getting a little bit of purposeful 
movement, restorative movement in the early phase can be very beneficial if you're ready for it. So no need to wait till six weeks. And even once you get to that six weeks and you're like, oh, I've done my core recovery work. And now at six weeks, I can get back to full on. No, 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 no. Let's just build in slowly and gradually like we talked about in question one. And another thing that I'll say here is that whenever I've done this stuff in my postpartum recoveries, I have found that the physical recovery and just feeling better in my body, starting to feel stronger in a very gradual, light way has always helped with the mental side of things as well. So I like to always just encourage that tie-in because you're going to get your endorphins flowing a little bit more. You're going to just ultimately feel a little bit more positive in what feels like a hard time. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the next question. What are safe exercises before six weeks? So this sort of overlaps with what we just talked about. I want to call attention to though the 555 rule that Caitlin, a pelvic floor physical therapist, talked about in episode 47. She talked about the 555 rule in postpartum, which is essentially five days in bed five days on the bed, and then five days near the bed as sort of that early postpartum recovery strategy. And so you can absolutely do that and then get into some light movement. You can incorporate some stretches on the bed, some breathing on the bed when you're in that five, five, five phase. Now do that as much as you can. Of course, it's not always realistic for every single person and It requires a lot of support to be able to execute that and sort of like maintain things around you, especially if you have other kids or a house to maintain, things like that. So just take that for what you will. I just wanted to bring that up. But otherwise, safe exercises before six weeks, light walking, you know, after after one week postpartum, I think that first week at least should really be reserved for rest, for minimal movement, just allowing your tissues to heal and rest and all of that good stuff. So very light walking, breathing exercises, intentional breathing. I've brought that up a lot today. And that is really one of the main things that I teach you in core revival is just breathing in a way that's going to help you manage intra-abdominal pressure. That's going to get your core functioning as a unit again. So breathing is another one core and pelvic floor recovery work. So just working into those deep abdominals, pelvic floor, getting everything connected again, and then stretching and mobility. So doing some stretches that are specifically targeted at the muscles that you are utilizing a lot on a daily basis. So if we think of the activities that we're doing as a mom with a newborn, we might be holding them a lot. So that's a lot on the wrists. We might be sitting and feeding a lot. So we are in a hunched over position. You know, our hips are bent, knees bent, shoulders hunched over. So that is going to put a lot of stress on our upper body, on our hips, making everything really tight through there. So doing some good stretching and mobility to offset those aches and pains can be really freeing and really help you with your daily movement. So In summary, keep everything super light, gentle, recovery, and restorative work. Next question, do all moms lose weight with breastfeeding? So this question came from a mom who was struggling to lose some of the baby weight while breastfeeding, and I will say that not all moms will. 
Sometimes it's due to genetic factors and sometimes it's due to factors within your control. Right after that mom asked the question over on Instagram, I did a poll to see what other breastfeeding moms were having a similar experience. And actually, a lot of people voted and about 70%, I don't know, 60 to 70% said that they did not lose weight with breastfeeding and the other portion said that they did. And so again, sometimes it's genetic and sometimes it's due to factors within our control. I talked to Brooke over at the Well-Nourished Mama on Instagram. You can also refer to her episode number 44 on postpartum and lactation nutrition, but she had some really good feedback on this question. She had said something that she sees a lot is that moms are not getting enough protein or enough calories in the early postpartum phase or when they're breastfeeding. So their body could be sending them into starvation mode and having the opposite effect where they are putting on fat and putting on weight or just holding on to weight as a survival tactic. So that might be one thing to look into if you're having that experience. Another thing that's not as common is overeating. Um, The reason this is not as common is because it is kind of hard to eat sometimes postpartum. Like you are busy doing naps, diapers, things like that, taking care of your baby. And sometimes it can be hard to remember to eat. But in certain cases, of course, overeating can contribute to weight gain or holding on to excess weight. Um, And then the last thing she pointed out was the hormonal shifts and potentially issues with thyroid hormones. So it's just, it's all a balance. And I would say that you could start with just assessing your nutrition, assessing what you need in terms of caloric intake and protein intake and seeing if you might be within a decent range for you. Um, If you are, and it's kind of unexplained, you could start to look into some of these hormonal things. Like if it's really bugging you, uh, potentially get some blood work done, but Those are the tips that she gave. Again, episode 44, she does get into this a little bit more. So highly recommend you listening to that if you want to dive deeper into that topic. Okay, next question. What are the signs that you've done too much in relation to exercise postpartum? So with this one, the first thing that comes to mind is an increase in bleeding that is unexplained. So let's say that your postpartum bleeding is completely gone and you've started exercising and then it comes back. So that's one scenario. Or if it increases from where it was as a result of exercising. So any difference there in bleeding could be a warning sign. Another one is pelvic floor pain or heaviness, both during or after doing a workout or any sort of exercise or movement. So if you, again, are feeling that heaviness, like a bowling ball between your legs, or you are having pelvic floor pain with any types of movement, those are definitely warning signs. And I do have a full pelvic floor assessment in Core Revival because there are so many different symptoms related to pelvic floor that could pop up postpartum as warning signs as well that may not be specifically related to to exercise, but are just really important to be aware of. So that's in there for that program. If you decide to join, you'll have full access to that assessment. 
Another warning sign is doming and coning in your abdominals. So this is specifically during exercise. If you're noticing during a movement, you notice like your abs, like the center of your abdomen, you're noticing a dome or a cone shape. That's a sign of mismanaged intra-abdominal pressure. Like you, the pressure is so much inside your core, your abdominal wall cannot bear it all. Like it's not strong enough. So you're going to see that doming or coning. And that's a sign that either one, your breathing is off and it's not, your abdominals aren't contracting at the right time, or they're simply not strong enough for that movement yet. So watch out for that doming or coning. And that's with all exercises, not just like core specific exercises maybe it's like a squat or a deadlift watching for those things and if you have any questions on if that's happening to you or not you can always take a short like video clip on your phone that way you can watch it um, after in the last one i'll talk about the last sign that you've done too much or that a movement is too much is that you're just unable to maintain form you're unable to maintain core control with that movement so for instance a plank. We all know what a plank is, right? So if you your core is unable to manage the pressure, is unable to maintain that position and you notice your belly sinking towards the floor and you're not able to maintain that nice neutral alignment, that is a sign that that is too much and that you'll need to regress the movement, modify until you build up the strength to build into that. Okay, we are on to our final question. I know this is getting longer than my normal solo episodes. I am running out of gas. I have grabbed for my water a few times. So our last question is, what are some tips for exercising when you have no time? And I feel for you. I know what that's like in that initial recovery phase. Even beyond that, as a mom, it can be hard to find time. So I'm going to give you a few tips because... I had to change a lot between my first postpartum experience to my second in terms of when I would work out, get some movement in, because my first postpartum experience, my baby would nap in the crib, like he or bassinet, he would be able to be laid down for his naps. And I would utilize that time, even though his naps were always short, they were like 30 minutes on the dot, I knew that I could lay him down get my workout in and then be done when he wakes up. However, my second guy, he's about a year old now, but during my maternity leave with him, he he's a huge contact napper. He still loves a contact nap, which I am in no rush to stop that. He does lay down for his naps most of the time, but I will always steal a contact nap. But anyways, um, I had to really adjust mentally because I was counting on his nap times for my workout. And that was really frustrating because anytime I would try to set him down in his crib, he was like totally against it. So I eventually just came to the conclusion that I was going to let him contact nap as much as he wanted to. And then I got my workout in, my movement in when he was awake. Thankfully, he was able to be occupied in like a bouncer or doing tummy time, doing little different activities with me, just like working out right there next to him. He was super entertained by it and I would do my workouts that way. So it really will highly depend on your baby and the way your home is set up. So I just encourage you to get creative with what your life is like right now and to be prepared for it to look different than before. 
I think that is often the hardest shift is like, we want to like fit into this mold of what worked before, what we did before, but life is changing rapidly and will change with the phases of your children too. So I think it's just important to like mentally understand that it's okay that it looks different. So here's what I want to say in that initial recovery phase too. keep it so short. Like if you're doing structured exercise in your postpartum recovery phase, which is what I have my people do in the core revival program is just 15 minutes a few times a week. That's all you need to really start feeling good again. So past that, I say set your bar low, like don't commit to like an hour long workout. Even 30 minutes might be asking too much. So set your bar low in terms of the time you want to commit, the time you're able to commit, the number of days. Like nobody expects you to get back to working out five days a week anytime soon or even ever. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Whatever works for your lifestyle is going to be good enough. So I know so many moms who work out two to three times a week for 30 to 45 minutes and that's what they can do. And so I want you to just either set your bar lower than expected and work back into something that you want to or set your bar at a place and just commit to that. Even if it seems lower than before, even if it like on paper seems like it's not enough, set your bar a bit lower. Another thing you can do is just break your routine into small chunks, like little five to 10 minute chunks here and there. A broken up workout routine is still a workout. You're still going to get benefits, if not even more, because you're moving more frequently throughout the day, releasing those endorphins more often, moving your body more often. So I'm a big fan of breaking it into small chunks. Another tip here is to do it when your baby is awake, which is the example that I gave. My baby was just wanting to contact nap all the time, so I eventually just gave in and let it happen, and now he he naps amazing in his crib. But during that phase, oh my goodness, I was not getting anything done during nap time, and I had to adjust. And the final tip I have here, and I'm sure you've thought of this before, but baby wearing or stroller, popping your baby in the stroller while you do a walk or you do some strength exercises intermixed can be sometimes your best option. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I've done many baby wearing walks where I'll pop him in the, um, like the ergo baby carrier on me and I'm walking all around, or maybe I do some walking lunges, you know, like whatever you have to do to get in some freedom, some time for you to help with your recovery is so nice. And I think that just going back to that first sentiment that I said, just being prepared for it to look different, not making it wrong, not making it seem not enough. There's nothing wrong with what you're able to do now. Whoo. Okay. That is it for the questions. And before you go, if you'd like guidance in your postpartum recovery and rebuilding strength in your core, your pelvic floor, your overall body so that you can feel better, definitely jump on the Core Revival waitlist. Or if you're listening past the waitlist period, check out the program. Inside, you'll be getting evidence-based education, guided assessments for diastasis recti and pelvic floor health, six core and pelvic floor workouts. These are fully guided, doing them along with me and then mobility and functional movement workouts and bonus training. So lots packed into this program that you complete at your own pace. 
it has helped me through two C-section recoveries and helped so many other moms as well. So get on that wait list. Or again, if you're past that point, join the program. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you learned a lot from this episode and I wish you all the best for a speedy recovery and just feeling more like yourself postpartum because you deserve it. Have a great day. And that's a wrap, Mama. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Strong Mama Podcast. If this show has served you in some way, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head to strongmamawellnessco.com for more free resources and opportunities for us to work together. Until next time, keep moving.